Hey there, everybody. This is continue on with the whelp. The whelp putting in place for the strict movement of the Holy Spirit without being pretentious, withstanding false authority, and not as strict. I mean, strict for them. It's for them not to put it on us. Just call me. I figured, you know, in my portrayal of ministry through the life, I have great history of respect from Baptists, all colors of Baptist. So I remember John the Baptist, and now this is maybe a, someone has called me at one point in Dallas a few years ago, which is funny because I'm online. She's, this person called me, have oh, you're a um, voice of one crying from the cyberspace wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. And that is true. So maybe it's more like a Jane or a Jane Doe the Baptist because we're not famous and that's okay. I think God needs to have people that just are human people that do his work great or not, or just called as servant leaders and Christians in low places, high places and everyday walk of life. And that's what we're for. That's what I come from. My parents were quality they had made some success. They were teachers and ministers, and they were gifted, but you wouldn't think they were smart, but they were down to earth, and they were not playing around in the field of Jesus Christ's following, but they also played. They had a humorous side and a fun side, sort of a refreshing side, which I do have, and I want to find that. I'm looking for that now. I enjoy that part of relationships with the Lord, and I enjoy the relationship with being in the presence of the Lord in different places where they worship really long. And that's where I've found you can't go now. I just can't fit in if they have the occult in there, because that occult spirit's demonic. It will locate me, target me, and I'll have to deal with the whelp spirit, whelp and whelm, the authoritarian tracking <laughs> Whelp and whelm spirit that is out there today, guarding, turf guarding, speaking evil, murdering people from the reputation and praying against them, targeting people, witchcraft, today just for going close to a lot of really good worship. Not all. I, I go places where I, I purposely try to go where I avoid charismatic doctrine. Because charismatic doctrine in the years, I've started, I've studied it since age 24 before it happened, as it happened slowly. But in the last 15 to 20 years, it's gotten immersed with, you can't tell what, machismo, celebrity, showbiz, eager beavers trying to please the top famous person, turf guarding, occult, witchcraft, praying against... And then a lot of it is demonic, and a lot of it is old movements, which I can trace. Because, see, I come up from Billy Graham, Jesus People, which were not like that at all. Studied the Vineyard, not like that at all. Had been a Baptist, knew the, you know, these were all when I got into the charismatic, specifically moving in the book of Acts. Prophetic, they call it. Prophetic. Christian, charismatic, prophetic. <clears throat> well, I'm not a charismatic now. I'm out of there. I've been out of there since 2020 in DFW. That was enough. So we are, it's non-contrite, and it's gotten to be also a lot of control. Oh, my heavens, the control and the occult is the nightmare. Then we have to do the people-pleasing of the aristocracy, the Roman patricianism. Everybody's over and everybody's under. You know, Jesus Christ wasn't like that. Paul wasn't like that. You can read the Gospels to note the fruit. All this has come about during 
I believe the media circus, the media invention, the now all wise getting used to the climate of being, you know, climbing up on the TV podium and all these things and all the people adoring. I want to caution everybody, you know, that there would be no King Solomon. There would be no king in the Bible. Any king, it would just be prophets. There would be no King Solomon, no David. None of the kings had not God's own people had FOMO. What is FOMO? It's the modern new term, fear of missing out, which is also keeping up with the Joneses. So the people of God back in the day had Jesus, you know, God, Jehovah guiding them. And then they all looked around and they were envious of the false religions. And they said, we want to be like them. You know, they got a king. They look more important. Man, we want to look that way too. So they did that and they begged God. Finally, God said, okay, if you want to have a king, you're going to get him. So they gave, God gave them a king because they asked for it over and over. And he gave them Saul. Saul was the one who was, looked great. Taller than everybody else, handsome looking on the outside, but a wuss, a weakling, a wimp on the inside. And eventually it was his demise because he was so blinded that he couldn't tell. He was, he was after David, you know, the future king. He couldn't discern evil from good like today. He called David evil when David was good, called by God, anointed, maybe more anointed than him. And so he tried to kill him. So he's murderous with his insecurity, his falseness, his greed for his turf. I don't know. But anyway, God protected David. And so then David, the uh, the thing was that Saul finally went to the wrong power source. And that really did him in. He went to seek the witches, the witchcraft of Endor. And if you look in the book about Saul, that Saul is in Samuel. Let's look at 1 Samuel. It says in 1 Samuel 1523 God tells us that any rebellion any act of rebellion conscious or unconscious because there are such things as sins of omission and commission any sins of rebellion are as the same of witchcraft equal witchcraft so if you use false authority you are pretending you're posturing you're mentally controlling you are lawless you are Evil eye occult, never speaking to confirm it. You are right there. Open the door to yourself to remove yourself out of the covering of the blood of Jesus for that. Let's look at 1 John 1, 7 about relating. All right. 1 John in the New Testament says, if it's a condition, if we or they, if we walk in the light, even leadership, as he is in the light, who's he? Messiah Christ. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, Jesus related, all right, he respected all, then we have fellowship one with another. That's a proof the fellowship comes after if we are doing it right. That means we will be seen and noted that we do intermingle and respect all if we walk in the light. So if we're not walking in the light, we will only turf guard. We will not, we'll have demeaning respect of persons, misogyny, racist, bias, typecasting, respecter of persons. Only one kind of person will meet our criteria, which is what you got. <laughs> what this is. All right. So if we, if we walk in the light, when we finally get around to it, when we walk in the light, we will automatically 
because our hearts are pure and clean and we're ready, then and we have nothing to hide, no secret agenda to play people, playtime. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship one with another as the Lord leads, you know, Holy Spirit. And the blood of Christ cleanses us from all sin. You mean to tell me there is that puzzling last factor? If we're not fellowshipping and walking in the light as Jesus Christ is in the light, especially in ministry where we're claiming we're born again, we're claiming and putting it on marketing, advertising that we represent Jesus, that we have his authority, that we're chosen. All right. So if we're walking in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with one with another. That's great. If not, listen, what does this mean at the last? If we do that, yes, then the blood of Christ shed for our sins and remission of all sins. The blood of Christ cleanses us and keeps on cleansing us you know, from all sin. That means if something is not well with the ministers or the representation, the character of the Christian who says we represent Christ and we are professional strength, taking in money for it especially, then then one may look as an observer, a lay person, another leader, and say, wow, they are not, they're manipulative, they're cunning, they're artful. That's more like the dark side of the witchcraft, you know, playtime. However, what does that mean? Because it's frustrating if you're straightforward, you know, if you know how to do it well and they don't. But the other part is your concern for their soul and the people they do that a lot to. This is dysfunction in the name of Christianity in ministry. It is dysfunction because it has respect only for a few kinds of people. But it also opens the door that they are not fully covered by the shed blood of the Lamb because they're in some kind of sin. They can let in something, God forbid, in their ministry, in their own home, in their house, in their bodies. You don't want it to happen, but you can let them know they're not thinking this fully through because they're not walking it out in truth. That's why we're doing it. So we're pulling on the Holy Spirit over here. We're pulling on him as I never have because it's been the most lonely spiritual. I love my area. I am grateful for this area. The people are great. They're fair. I just really like it. But as a person who needs deep things once in a while to get in the presence of God, to clarify, to get a touch from the Lord once in a while, this is not really very, you know, it's hard to find until you can find it. But I know what else is mixed in. The Ishmael is in there. And the Ishmael factor is what keeps me away, frankly. I cannot go where I know they really do get in with God or they want to. Because I know if I walk in as their stereotype for the whelp doctrine, the unrighteousness will trigger me and I'll get occult defiled. I will get disrespected due to the dysfunction of that house, of these houses. that come. So I have to be very careful. This is why we're examining, and I don't know if the Lord will want to, you know, I like where I go to church, but I need the prophetic. I'm, I move in the gifts. And a lot of people, you know, a lot of people, that's not their call. And if they do, this is the whelp spirit is in this kind of group in America a lot of the times. It's gotten more playtime. It's gotten more whatever. I like my area, but I really need to know if God is wanting me to relocate to where there's more Holy Spirit. However, before I go, I am not going down there 
to where I think I might go one day, not this year. I'm not going down there. If I got to deal with this big whelp stuff again, the charismatic whelp movement is gigantic and it's usually in moving in the gifts. Now I can respect them. I'm not mad at these people at all. I'm just putting, this is the head turf, the head of a movement crossed by the unity, which is supposed to be, let's say, pretend I'm a Baptist. I'm not a Baptist, but part of me, it will always be a one foot on the ground, caring, respectful, talking like a normal person, thinking for the other person, Baptist. So just say I'm a Baptist. Because I don't have to move in the gifts. I don't have to swing from the chandeliers once in a while. It's nice, but I don't have to go there. I want to think, everybody, be yourself. That's this kind. Because, see, Pentecost is not about me forcing it on anybody. It will not be forcing on anybody. It will be just talking about the Holy Spirit, modeling it if he wants. But it's low-key with me, down to earth. All it is is about letting people know more about God. So if you want never to go you know, moving the gifts or worship big, that's fine. You don't have to speak in tongues. You just want to know the Lord to make sure your place is reserved in heaven. And also you can hang out with him now. So I can hang out, and I really do hang out more now with people who don't go into the big, holy, not charismatics. I can hang with anybody who is like the Richter scale of Holy Spirit from zero, which is non-tongue talking, even liturgy to medium, where they might raise their hand but not go tongue-talking, and they can worship a little bit more. And then I can go where they do to tongue-talking. They do raise their hand. They go toward the, you know, moving in the gifts out there. Out there is good if they do it right, if they do it really under the Lord. You know, there are people that I remember that I've made a list, and I've got to find it on Facebook. I wrote a list of white people who move in the gifts that are not whelp. One of them, because people need a role model, especially white people, white men, of how to be strong in the Lord, how to be a tongue talker on fire and not go into the false misogyny or the false occult or the bias, racial bias of the whelp. So what comes to mind usually are, uh, for the most Pentecostal who's not a whelp and he's a real man, and that's Rod Parsley. I think of Rod Parsley because he really is not threatened by women. He lets, he's, he, you know, he respects all kinds of people. I thought of this one lately, more of the Baptist who met the Holy Spirit, which is Ron Phillips of Abba's House or something like that. I got to look him up, see if he's still around. It was like in Tennessee. Uh, Abba's House, Ron Phillips. He was a great down-to-earth role model for gentle, soft-spoken, and mature, emotionally healthy back then. There are many others, too many to name, and I'm for that. I'm for moving in the gifts, really. I am, but you can't go now until you're going to, if you go and you are spied as a witch by this occult spirit, divining spirit, and they never speak to you. They won't, they don't, they can't tell good from evil. I sit there in James 3, 17, approachable, a hundred and three hundred and five hundred percent of the time everywhere. And that's not good enough. That's what gets my attention is, wow, <laughs> if they do this to the, if they do it to me, and I am a joyful person. What are they doing in the name? What are they What are they doing under the name of Jesus Christ in ministry? Why are they there? So you got to confront it because this is a legalistic and hard, tough totalitarianism and a 
bastion of whelp and whelm hard teaching. It really is. It's controlling, turf protecting. I would say, as I've said lately, it's a it's threefold cord, really more than that, but I'm not going to get too deep in it. It's the <clears throat> ambition, the python, quenching and choking people that are not just like it, trying to war against python control and Leviathan, Job 41, the spirit, sneaky snake of pride, superior pride. Now, nobody doesn't have that. I can, we could all have some of that, every one of us. And I'm not putting them on the people. I'm saying this is a spirit, a pronounced stronghold. These are just part of the strongholds that are warring against America today and have warred against me, so I recognize them. So this is not to fool anybody. This is not to get anything. I'm not doing this for gain. I'm doing it for the kingdom, for the Book of Acts move. That's really it. That it's not biased. It's not hard-hearted. It's not playtime. And it can be charismatic if it wants to be. But this is cross-body unity. We're, trying to, we're not charismatic. We believe in the Holy Spirit. But the move of God has gotten so commercial so false and so fault-finding, I would say it majors on the minor petty, turf-protecting, and also there. I've never had my back bitten. I've never had my back bitten until I moved into the these groups. I really had. One reason is I believe that a lot of people in these, nothing wrong with charismatics, but I'm thinking a lot of people maybe were raised raw and dysfunctional. I was not. And that when they got the Lord, they met the Lord in a famous preacher's TV show or something, and they never had background, or they never gotten delivered of prejudice, misogyny, big boss, or whatever. Or maybe they saw, oh yeah, I get a title now. My parents weren't educated. I wasn't loved, but now I can feel my esteem because I'm famous. See, this is it. My esteem has not been in my ministry, my car, my cash. My look, my esteem is in the Lord since the 80s. When the Lord convicted me back in the day, because that's when TV was happening in Christianity. Plus, you're, I was a, a younger then, and you were determining, am I, do I want to follow the keep up with the Joneses and the Christians in the neighborhood? And the Lord convicted me, said a verse. This is a great verse for now. He or she who compares themselves with another is not wise. I went, wow, I am. I'm looking over at my friend. What has she got that I need to get? You know, all that stuff that was probably in the 80s. So God worked on that. He also started to teach me privately about Paul. Paul said, and this is good for now. Paul said, I determined not to know anything about anybody except Christ and him crucified. That means I'm not looking for your race, your persona, the size, if you're married or not. I'm looking at you first for who you are from the inside-out character, and that's what counts. Later on, when the faith movement came, and I studied that in the late 80s or in the 90s too, some of, <clears throat> I remember one of the great founding principles that have changed my life. A lot of those organic times, before, I don't, I'm not under them, but I honor the founders of the movements. If I'm careful, you know, like any movement. So I remember the thing that changed my whole heart and has kept me through these years is not to be moved. These Pauline first teachings about my esteem about don't not be moved by anything, but that's a faith teaching. 
It says faith, holy faith is not moved by anything it sees, hears, other people say, or thinks. It's only moved by the Holy Spirit, inward witness, and the Word of God. And that has been a giant, just a giant, leading in my life, especially in Dallas. Because, you know, I add to this now, faith is not, and I live by this, God's faith in us, thank God for Jesus, giving us the Holy Spirit. Faith is not moved by what it hears, the nightly news, all the rumors. <clears throat> it's not moved by evil reports. It's not moved by persona, bragging, race, gender. It's moved by who you are from the inside out. And it, what does God say? What does God say? It's a character issue, really, and a relationship issue and a pure heart issue. So I can say, I heard horrible stuff is going to happen in America because it says so on the news. So then you go away and you think, all right, I'm going to not be moved by that, but I am going to check with God. What does he say? How does he want me to act about that? Is there anything I am to do to prepare or not? And so he has led me like that. And then I know it's in the Bible. So we have to be careful, but we also want to be truthful. If we're just playing people or playing ministry to get people back on our, you know, if we're playing ministry and the Bible says don't believe the evil report about people and you do, then you're off. If the Bible says only respect certain kinds of people, but uh, only let them pre-qualify to see if they're mantled enough, gifted enough, white enough, brown enough to be in our movement, then you're under shepherding. But you're also under control and you're also under disrespect, devaluing you in the office of a human which is God's turf means, wow, who do they, what is going on under the name of Christ following now? That is evil eye and also disrespect to God, misrepresenting. I would say that's using God's name in vain. It has many, many ramifications to this theologian, all right? That means if I put out a bait and switch, that says, oh, everybody come. We have a church, a fellowship. Oh, we're so nice. We have a ministry. Come on over. And they expect everyone is equal. Everyone's treated with respect as a family. So you go and you're prepared to hear God and you're prepared to be loved. And instead you walk in and it's a good old person bastion, a forceful, fierce, staring. And as a prophet, I know this occult being read by 15, 10 people or five. Wow, that's going to church? No, that's going to a nightmare. You're going to dysfunctional, toxic, unsafe habitation where it's limited in its love. It's limited in how much really Holy Spirit is there. Because false teaching, criticism, accusation, and a private bastion falsely representing a church is blocking Holy Spirit, the truth of the Holy Spirit. I used to go looking for love as in God's love, I used to try visiting, fellowshipping down in the deep southwest of Dallas. And as I would go, <laughs> that was when I first started to know that the cult was big and the personality disrespect for respect or persons was huge. And I thought, wow, are these people used to God sending them all these people? They're ungrateful. They've gotten really off their systems now. They want to protect their turf and it's a male bastion of disrespect and 
toxic, you know, like dysfunction, 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. And God started telling me about this. You don't have to go. I don't want your pure hearted to be beaten up. I don't want that psychic stuff. I don't, they're like, and he gave me the two escape clauses, which I now teach widely to protect people, God's people from the mirthless ministries of character assassination. Second Timothy 3, 1 through 5, if they fit that fruit of dysfunction, avoid them. Paul says, if they are mercenary and judge you, if you have money or not, 1 Timothy 6, 5, Paul says, avoid them. So we need to do that. So I'm going back, way back through the years and going back now. What would Jesus do if he came on the earth today and saw this? Would he have a good old boys club? Would he have a boys club? Would he say, oh, boys will be boys like Eli? No. Would he stone the woman and say, you know, we only bring the man, the woman caught in adultery and not the man. No. Did he throw stones at that lady who fell? No. A lot of things have gotten put to the side of character in the fast pace, middle income to high income of wannabe big, big shot in ministry. And a lot of it has taken precedence of bless me, being my big name, wannabeism, turf protecting over real people down to earth where they can walk in and you respect them like a normal natural church. So we're putting this out there. We're trying to be a prophet, an office prophet that speaks this so that it is discussed, thought out, Bible, uh, Bible, noble Berean discussed, and then it's a sila, not a dogma. For those who have ears to hear, I've got a seminary on me. I really have a seminary on me and a Bible college for the last several years. But I haven't had the I haven't had the people or the wherewithal to really get it focused. It's just been so dysfunctional because when I got out of Dallas there was COVID, but then you couldn't find it's the whelp movement. It is the whelp. It's very serious. If they don't you know, if they stand afar, which is their, and scan you, and they don't meet their muster, they see you as the devil because they're off using a cult, then they follow you and will pray against you if they think you're going to take their turf or they think you're not. You know, they haven't read you right, read you, divined you correctly. So all that is error. That's enough right there for God to bring them down. Technically, in the Old Testament, witchcraft. You should Google divining and witchcraft and see what's in the Bible about that. Am I speaking to bring them down and hurt them? No. But I want to tell you, it is. we're so used to this now. We're so used to it. The occult, all the uh, fame. The fame is a cushion against reality. The fame is a cushion to say, oh, we are well known around the world. We know it all. Everybody knows this. Everybody likes us. It's okay to cause pain on the lower people that are not famous. That's what this is, trans in my opinion. It's gotten to be that bad, so dark, so suspicious, so well-meaning, but so, so used to it. Sort of a rhythm of the culture of it, playtime, that it's very dis it could be brought down. It really could be. God has told me the last will be first and the first will be last. And that's been a sober word for a couple of years. 
He said that the Eli Templi priesthood are holding in the same ones with the fruit of First Samuel Eli. They're going to be brought down unless they repent. The Demases are blocking a lot of it, but they still have hope. They are the ones interested in pride, position, governing power, the things of this world. But it's the Enoch lampstands that are going to make it. The Enoch lampstands are ready to be, you know, they're, they're going to be protected. They are the first love lifestyle lampstand. You can have a mega ministry. You can have a micro ministry. You can have no ministry if you're an Enoch and God knows it. He loves you equally. He really does. So we're not for hurting people, but we're against doctrines and fruit in ministry, Christian ministry that hurt people that hurt people. So I still plan to do a thorough one just on how the false witness from afar murders people. It really murders people. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not bear false witness. There shalt not use the name of the Lord thy God in vain by advertising where friendly church accepted in the beloved Ephesians 1 6 and turn out to be a murderous hidey hole of false teaching and bastion of power playing and false witness. Why would I want to, and I say it before the Lord, why would I want to go anywhere where I know that I could sit there approachable, friendly, experienced, not mean, looking for family, and I can get targeted by multiple people of false witness who will read me, say they know my character and my thirst, and have false witness and get murdered, and have the power of agreement of a negative evil eye by leadership, which have great power, why do I want to do this? And I've had it done. I just didn't know it till now. I, you know, I've been knowing it. So now we put it to them. This is false. You need to work on it. You all need to work. And you have been needing to work on this. Otherwise, God's going to do it. You know, I don't have to do anything. All I do is tell you the word of the Lord. All I do is share with you the other half of how what really goes on. In demonic ministry. Also, I'm getting ready for the move of God of Book of Acts in my own life. I really know I've got a call to come forward. I'm not going <laughs> to, I have been through dysfunction. I will know dysfunction. I know who does it. These are white, all white. Now, do I, do I have to mention names? No. Do I have to accuse people? No. Do I have to pray against them? Use their own witchcraft? No, I don't do that. I would confront you, and I could have had it allowed to get through the hip, cool, good old boy force feel of staring me down, control, python. I could have done it, but you don't think like that. You don't think natural. You don't think everyday people know a thing. You don't believe anybody knows anything except the cult. Really, you don't. But, you know, it doesn't really matter to me because all it was was a warning side to tell America. All it was a warning. I've never been so joyful and free hearing God for myself and preparing for my own life, which is just a great thing. I'm a resource. I believe that God, you know, it's an oracle office, all five, but it's to train people. And I've done my field work. The battlefield nurse has been out there, the missionary of America, more than half my life. And that season of discovery and this, all this stuff, dysfunction, was not what I wanted. It really did 
sidetracked me because I had not expected it to say it's under the name of Christian Ministry Offices. I never did. But I was at Ray's Territorial, but now I realize it's a Jezebel. It is a THE Jezebel Python. I just had to grow up enough to identify it, not be moved, <clears throat> and to address it with doctrine to train many people. That's all it is. So God is good. You know, the Lord is so good. The Lord is so good. I want to find a move where they just love the Lord. That they don't have to have emotional intrigue, drama, playing games, mind games. That's, as I said before, I'll say it again. <clears throat> I was not raised by abusive parents. I did not have dark drama. I didn't have dysfunction growing up as a family for 21 years. Later on through my life, I did have close relationship with somebody who had not had that. And when life got rough and more mature, that started to happen where I was abused and I was repeatedly walking on eggshells due to this function, plus having a ministry, plus being a mom, plus having music and all this stuff I did. So the thought of living braced in my home was the issue. That's where I grew up. A lot of strength, you know, from the Lord, knowing the Lord and the Bible. So as I was learning and I wrote a song for all you shamas back in 2000 up on celebration of his word music.com celebration of his word music.com for all you shamas it's a good one about abuse and people living under stress by themselves you know in their private home but God gave me good lyrics on that <clears throat> so anyway but all I knew is the Lord was with me he's always with me he is always watching out for me and he and I hang out and get the idea of how to handle it. But when you're in a situation where you're, they are stronger, much stronger than you, and very vocal with a demonic force, not just, it's like Lucifer, when they have a demonic force in mean words of demonic force, it is not easy. So you want to avoid it. So when you're in a situation where they're abusive, and you don't know what if the other shoe's going to drop when they come home, then you get, live under stress. It is very wearing. It is very sidetracking. And when you have to deal with that, it is damaging. So you can have PTSD after that, which I did have after, you know, don't have it now. But I want to know that when I went to these, when they aren't speaking to me, and I am there friendly, open like a book, and just a different emotional, I think a different emotional makeup, like a Myers-Briggs test. I'm more joyful, more mirthful, more rhythmic, more diverse than they. That should not, I mean, we're all Christians, aren't we? Jesus was from the Middle East. <laughs> uh, and I am white. That's so, so weird. But anyway, so they, I trigger that, that emotional manipulation in these groups. That's what I realized. I'm so candid, I'm so soft-spoken also, that all I do is sit there, and this dreary, the spirit comes up, and it makes me wonder, were these people used to be, were they abusive people in their private life? Or did they learn that from before through abuse and their own dysfunction? But I'm not dysfunctional, but I can read you that you are, because you don't fit the Baptist, Catholic, Methodist, black person criteria of a real Christian in that form. 
So it makes me analyze because I am an evaluator. I do think I was raised pure-hearted, but I was raised watching black and white reruns of Perry Mason, the lawyer, with my mama, who loved mysteries. And I learned that then you watch everything quietly, silently. You study every nuance, every move, every piece of paper for a clue. And so I have, I like that. I'm like that anyway. I like people. But I realized all that was setting me up to really watch my environment, to watch who's around me. I really do that. And the Holy Spirit does with me. So when I see this, uh, I can't walk in and I start to trigger the scanners, but they won't speak to me. It brings back the abuse feeling. Uh-oh, I'm being accused. All it means to me is that I walk in innocent. No secret agenda. Nothing at all. Open like a book. Tell you anything you want to know. But that's not good enough because <laughs> they're dysfunctional. But you trigger the scanners and then they start scanning and others scan you and you go back and they do it. Many people do it in groups, big groups. Like, what in the world do I look like to these people? And then I think it ain't me. It's them. What is going? It's their doctrinal bathwater. So you study the doctrinal bathwater and you realize, man, these people, where'd they come from? They don't smile. Maybe they were beaten up when they were kids. Maybe they got it big. Maybe they're all celebrity proud. I don't know what it is. I don't have to know. All I know, it triggers emotional abuse. The memory of waiting for the other shoe to drop. It is dysfunctional. I'm informing you. If you go in there and they are not loving, which they're not loving, no fear of the Lord either. Both go together. Then it is, if you've been through emotional abuse, it will make you trigger walking on eggshells, waiting for the other shoe to drop. What have I done? They won't talk. They won't talk to me to find out who I really am. It's emotional abuse. This is what it is. All this is dysfunctional and emotional abusive in Christian ministry. A lot of it is we centric colonial. We are the world colonial red state whelp, white whelp, self-righteous. Now, do I have a bone to pick with any of their leaders? No. But do I have a lot of bones to pick with their fruit? Yes, because God has told me to have to confront it. So I am. Do I mind if they read everybody's mind? Really, they better mind if they read everybody's mind. It's God and their business about false representing an office minister and uh, pure heartedness and really being in the Bible. So let's look at this way. If I were to have, and let me train it briefly. If I were to have a, I see a person coming in the sanctuary, let's say, and I would have a, an impression about them. Is it wrong to scan people? No. But is it, it's how you do it. I prefer that everybody, instead of accusing people, which I don't accuse people, this is accusing people for looking a certain type because they're clueless, plain old, downright clueless. All right. I would say now training for the new church. Evaluate and assess people by James 3.17. Watch them how they act. Are they acting pure, peaceable, easily entreated, full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality, without hypocrisy? And leader who scans, are you acting that way? We can do that back to you too. All right. So you don't look for fault finding. Train your people. Oh, please train your junior ministers. That's all these are junior ministers. That's all they are. 
All right, train your junior ministers to assess and evaluate based on James 3.17. Right, pure heartedness. However, we know the turf. All right, now, somebody walks in and you get this weird impression. So you could say, from my experience, well, does that mean you're biased toward their type? Are you clueless? Are you really um, scared, easily scared, have no power, and they got more? Are you racist, misogynist? I would go down that list first. On the other hand, yes, there are weird people, and there are weird people. But are you scared of them? That's the next factor. Also, you want to say, how did I get this information about them? Am I psychically reading them, divining them, conjuring it up, using false religion as my weapon of self-protection? Or am I getting a grace, like a word of knowledge about them, dropped in by grace given from the Lord? Let's go over to 2 Kings 12.6, or 6.12 rather. Here we have the prophet Elisha. Now, the prophet Elisha was even more anointed. He had the double portion of Elijah. All right. So Elijah was known to be able to hear what the king said in his chambers. Now, that is a very modern verse for now because of what goes on. So it said that the prophet Elijah could be told by God what the king said in his chambers. Now, let's tell it because this plays in. How did he get it? Well, this is how I get I have this. I have the gift. I have the gift, but not spooky and not voyeuristic, not playing around with it. I wouldn't dare damage anybody or hurt the Holy Spirit. You know, try not to use that gift wrong. All right. So the way I see it, you're driving along. Let's say Elijah's in, Elisha's in his car and he's driving along out with or maybe he's pu pushing the oxen with a yoke of oxen. And all of a sudden. The Lord just drops in his in his spirit. The king is saying, I'm going to plot against your next door neighbor. Something like that. So out of the blue, by grace, it's by grace. Without conjuring, without you know using the false power, Elijah gets the word of the Lord and it's dropped in his to pray about it, to deal with it. When I get it, I've gotten like things years through the years about our nation better pray against certain things in our nation now i do not go and listen to people this is how you cross over i don't not zero in on a famous figure in ministry and zero in to find out his thirst oh no i would not do that that would be icky demonic demonic icky all right if i heard the famous leader known around the world was into something evil, I would not pay attention to it. I would listen to the Lord about it, but I would not tell it. I would, I would want people not to tell me gossip. I don't do that. I just don't let people tell me two strikes and you're out. But if you have a warning word about the leader, I would certainly pray it. Like I've gotten, let me say this in the beginning of the year, out of the blue, several times I got about Christian ministers, maybe some famous that are smoking marijuana because it's legal. So that brought up a whole new topic to me. I went, whoa, you mean now people are even licentious enough to, now I'm not talking medical marijuana, but I'm saying that opens a whole door of thought, of training, really does. 
And it was fascinating because I thought, you know, what's the difference between that and drinking? And what's the difference between that and if it's legal? What's the difference in that in an office ministry, a Christian, and the Nazarite vow? And so I wrote on that. I've spoken on that. And what I'll say quickly is the Nazarite vow is not a legalism. I used to think it was. I used to feel... I don't. I was raised without any kind of alcohol at all, and I can. I don't need it. I'm not opposed to having a red wine every so often, maybe once a year. I don't really care about it either way. I don't ever drink beer or anything stronger. I never drink anything at all unless once in a while, maybe if the Lord says, just a glass of wine here and there, and only two is my limit, or I'll fall asleep. I do not. I don't know when I've had it. I really don't. So it's not a legalism with me, but it's my big thing is don't be addicted. Don't get addicted. And then mine is also, was I called to have a Nazarite vow? The Nazarite vow means you don't drink anything. And John the Baptist was like that. So if the Lord says, take the Nazarite vow, you read it for yourself, the whole vow, then do it. But if not, you hear God without being legalistic, but without getting drunk you don't get drunk and you know you're you know you really are, it's it's about don't be addicted but with both drinking and and that's why i don't drink uh harder than wine if you go toward the marijuana thing this is a big teaching point for now why would god say in my opinion this is my own opinion now i really do not want to go and hear a prophet or an apostle, or an office, especially famous, that is really, can't go to God to get unwound with the Holy Spirit. They can't go, they need a dependent crutch to go, and they're the office prophet given the big conferences. Those are the ones that I would like to go and sit under, and they can't even handle the pressure of hell on earth, which I have, without that. Why would I want to go? That lends itself to me to crossing over, my opinion. If they go there because they are so desperate, so in the dirt, they can't go to God or somewhere else in another location to get a break at a conference or something to get the Holy Spirit more to handle it, I don't really want to go there. I don't need to be under that. So if the prophet, big boss or not, feels now they're entitled they're so righteous now that they can have marijuana, in my opinion, because they can't make it by just the Holy Spirit. And they're my big boss or they're my role model. I don't need it. I don't want that. Another reason is, the other big reason is, why, you know what the word is, when you have drugs and you have witchcraft, the words are similar, pharmacia. Pharmacia is something wrong. It's something to do with deception. So how can I trust a person that says, I have honor, I have honor, I'm giving you the word of the Lord. I am the vehicle through which the word for the nation, the nations, your, you all, the word of the Lord is coming through me. I am the vessel, but I'm a crutch on the other side, drinking too much and or smoking because it's legal or any other thing that's not. This is my opinion. So I believe it that way. I don't want to go if you're going to play time around and you're a Demas. It's a Demas thing. I got to have, just because it's legal, I can do it. That's my opinion. I know tough. I have been through 
abnormally tough stuff. And I don't need to have to go there. I know the Lord that well that I don't have to. I know I can adjust myself. I know that I can go to a ministry that has more power. I can do a lot of things on YouTube. I can do a lot that knows the Holy Spirit because I know the Holy Spirit. A lot of people don't. That's why they're going to the false stuff. They can't do it. Why do I want to go to anybody that I think is put on a pedestal and they can't handle the real life of real hell on earth in minute? It is hell on earth at times and it doesn't bother me really because I know the Holy Spirit. So I'm putting it out there what I've really been getting. But I got since January, I've seen it more than twice. Somebody we know or somebody is up there and they, it looks like they're smoking marijuana. And I think I'm not condemning you as an accusation. I'm just letting you know my reasons. I think there's sound reasons for being a little bit more mature and a little bit more holy before the Lord. And if you feel it's wrong, then you do what you feel the Lord says. That is your choice. But I felt with with the honor of the soberness, the soberness of appearing before the Lord and the reality of how big it is in ministry and the fear of the Lord, the real fear of the Lord, like Billy Graham, last day fear of the Lord, which I suggest everybody watch a couple of Billy Graham crusade on YouTube to get the difference in ministry then and now to balance all this, I would say that I would not want to go and allow anybody to sit over me or teach me or be around them much in a ministry. If I knew they were doing that smoking marijuana, when they could go to God and get a bigger touch, a bigger high, a bigger relief. If they just would get off their horse and go, we're in a go for it, really go after it. That's one reason I think the moving in the Holy Spirit is needed now. More worship, more moving in the gifts, prayer. All these things do make a difference with stress. And see, that's my thing. I've lived with an ordinate stress with God, and it's been He's kept me. That's why I know how valuable it is to know the Holy Spirit, both the peaceful side and the wild side, for stress relief. My whole genre is active decompression worship. If I'm ever allowed to get out there, if it all works out, that's what I was wanting to do. Active decompression worship is stress relief. You know how to do it. It's like a physician. Oh, I need that kind of stress relief. I'll go sleep, you know, where they're quiet, calm in the river of God, let's say. And I know where I've got great stress. I need to go get in the power and might of God. There's power and might of God up here. I like it where I go. They don't even have to be charismatic to God. That I love the worship. But I'm also gentle, and there are times you want gentle, peaceful, resting in the relaxing in the Spirit of God. And that's what I'm looking for, too. So we are pro all kinds. We are pro all leaders. We are pro gentle leaders. We're pro calm leaders. We're pro wild leaders. We're pro black, white, and brown leaders, males and females. But I am not for hypocrites. I am not for playtime. I'm not for fooling around with monkeys calling yourself a prophet when you're a psychic. I am not for that. So if I were to say it again, down at the bottom line is we're going to all stand before the throne one day, whether it's before we think it or after. And nobody wants to be caught by surprise on the day and say, out with you, depart. I never really knew you, Book of Acts people, in Matthew 7, 
All right, verses 21 through 23, because he talks to the book of Acts kinds. Prophecy moving in the gifts, primarily. Maybe there's a bigger percentage of them that won't make it. God forbid. So he says, out from you, I never knew you who work false authority. That's what this is. This is false authority. So I can be very gentle. I am a gentle soul. I really am. But I don't want to be taken captive of by false teaching. I do not want to be taken captive of by occult false religion either. I really don't. And we're trying to be mature, giving. I think what I have is a an ability to have a, a movement that I don't have to be over anybody or under anybody. I can be a resource to give people, because there's a lot of so much good out there, give people a little tweak, a little idea, a little theology to balance it out, to make a community that brings revival, that pleases God, that brings the book of Acts with the healing. And Luke one seventeen is our book of Acts, days of Elijah, fruit. It says that the days of Elijah will be about relationship reconciliation, freeing generations, the fathers and the children, the backslider to the just, all these things, and the power of God. So we can't have just the power. We have to have the relationship respect and need uh, healing and reconciliation of generations, both natural and spiritual. And I am for that. I'm really probably the closest thing to a black person that a white person can be. In the fact, I really get black people a lot more. So if you need a resource to talk about, you know, get how you can enjoy loving black people in your community. <laughs> I'm not a black person, but I've been around. That's been a like a call. And I respect them so I can build bridges. And the cross-racial healing is part of this. I'm very, very much not one age. I always think younger. To, I, I really feel more bonding with the 30s and the 40s and the you know 20s than anybody. I've never really been that great with the <laughs> whatever's gone on the achievement of the my age group. Basically, a few here and there, but I'm really. I've always thought intergenerational, cross generational is me. And then take up our cross in each generational. Very multicultural and cross-generational. I don't think old. And I think I try to think pure-hearted. I realize this is not, not about me. Not about me at all. Yet you wouldn't believe the people in these false teaching movements who project accusation that I'm doing, trying to achieve something. It's my thing. No, it isn't. It's never been. And no one would talk to me or love me enough to find out. So really other-centered, and I guess you could say E-O-R-R, -R, equal opportunity, real respect for the office of every human made in God's image. And we're not into ministry, we're into the relationship of God. If you have a ministry, we certainly know the turf. But if you don't, we're fine with that. We think everybody right now is needed and valuable. I don't care what you call yourself, it doesn't matter. This last move is proven. It doesn't. I don't really care. I'll be honest. I respect him, but I do not care about all this ministry stuff now. Like I, it has never been this way. I have never seen it so confused, off target, dysfunctional. I've never seen it like this until now. There, a lot, of course, there's shining lights. A lot of shining lights, probably more. 
But as I go toward Holy Spirit, Book of Acts, moving in the gifts, that's where this is. That's where the dysfunction is. What in the world went on in the last 30 years? What in the world, or is it just pain? People are sick, or they just never grew up, or they just don't know any better. Let's train people. Let's get all this famous teaching and, and take them to their own fix them fast healing courses. They need deliverance. I don't know. Anyway, we're for them. God is good. Now you hear this person, a real lamb, a real sweet baby Jesus type all her life, raised by great healthy parents, great dad, pastor, not angry, not bones to pick. But let me tell you, we're talking against death and devils in America in the churches. That's all we're doing. This is a lion now, untamed lion, a respectful lion, a sweet lion. But this lion is not lion. She's not putting up with it. The Lord has told me, I am not going to put up with this stuff any longer. I am not going to be playing around with this misogynist playtime, tomfoolery and or bigotry, good old boss, occult anymore. God bless you. He loves you. This is Tavo D'Arcy signing off for now. Peace. God bless.